Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? finger guns we're back we're excited so many cool new exciting things have happened since we saw you last and i gotta give a golf clap to alex for uh, being the man to orchestrate (laughs) all of those things um so in the last two or four or whatever weeks i've been streaming so if you are on the youtube channel or my twitch which is at casco or slash casco on twitch um i've been streaming brawl recently and playing a lot and then also raiding commander decks which has been really fun um and through that process i've learned a lot and mostly i was doing it to figure out through that learning process how to apply those lessons to all of this the main the main show and in that process we've gotten a new camera we're now live streaming to facebook youtube and twitch um we are now um I've cleaned up a little bit, put some soundproofing into things. It looks, no, it looks really good. It looks clean. I noticed that there is a new carpet down. And and big news, we have uh, Ruben Bressler is now helping us in-house. Uh, so uh, Marshall, uh, at Marshall Focused on Twitter, uh, is still helping us do the editing and the post, but he has moved to San Luis Obispo because um, it's nice up there and yep. much less expensive. <laughs> um, but because of that, we needed help. And Ruben has always been... Uh, a friend and someone who has wanted to kind of uh, help us kind of accomplish stuff. And then, uh, but back in the day, his posts capabilities were less, but he's great at producing. So welcome. Say hi, Ruben. Just, hi. You got, you probably have to shout over here. Hi, everyone. Uh, eventually we'll have you mic'd over there as well. I'm great. moving slowly towards the process of all of this working, uh, but welcome to the podcast. Cool. <laughs> so we, yeah, so the other things that are happening, we are streaming on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, as you mentioned. So I've got Facebook open here. I have, uh, I have, I have YouTube and then uh, Ruben has Twitch open. Fantastic. We've had a Twitch channel for a long time. We used to stream to it way back in the day. Uh, when we did our like top hundred commander episode, oh sure, okay, we yeah. did that live on Twitch. Um, that was like, yeah, yeah, two years ago. Um, and now, now we live in a world where um, we have a Twitch again. Yeah, back. I found it. I found the login. It was just available, waiting for us. Yeah, ready to go. Uh, there's 129 people follow us there. Um, and then we, I know, obviously, your YouTube channel is the main place. Um, and a lot of this was a- able to be accomplished thanks to. Uh, people participating in Super Chat, uh, the Patreon, um, and kind of all the other different ways we fund ourselves. And so thank you to all of our patrons um, that kind of continue to support us. There's a bunch of cool ways you can do. Uh, there's a Discord that you get access to. Um, there's a $10 level. We'll do a deck tech. Last week, me and Michael reviewed um, someone's deck from the patron. Um, is it Patreon or Patron? So it's Patreon, but they are patrons, which cool. I've never okay. totally gotten, but that's the way it works. Uh, well, Patron is like a word. Yeah. Patreon really. is like a EV of And maybe where that's where they came up with the idea of Patreon, but I don't understand how you would turn Patron into Patreon. So, you know, but Patreon is getting bigger and bigger. They just had their first creator. It's with, it's with a money stone. You like attach it to an EV. So you ben mentioned. It. has no idea what I'm talking about. Expected value, money stone. No. <laughs> uh, all right. So patreon.com slash the MMcast is the way to go support that. Let us know there, guys, if there's anything you want to hear. And, and thank you so much for all the support. 
with that in mind, let's do a quick 30 seconds of shout outs. You guys can follow along with the MM cast on Twitter. We have a Facebook group. You can follow Kess. Yeah, I'm at, well, you can actually see if you're watching this on Twitter or Twitch, there's, there's and or YouTube or anywhere. There's a little banner that has our things, but uh, for people listening to this audio format, I'm at Kess Wiley. And you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. We already mentioned Patreon and I think we'll save other shout outs for later in the show because I want to get into today's subject matter. So the episode today, guys, that we are talking about is the color white in magic. And why is white? We'll even ask the question, is white the worst color in magic's history? I think there's an opinion here at this table that it, it may be. And we kind of want to talk about why that is. It's white that is. When magic was created, white was intended to be what? I mean, what, what do you think white was supposed to be in alpha, beta, unlimited before they changed all the rules and color by stuff? There's this really good video uh, by Rhystic Studies that goes over um, kind of Bolt. It's called Bolt, I think. And he goes through, he actually interviewed Richard Garfield in the video. And Richard Garfield talks about the five boon cycle, the, the boon cycle where it's ancestral recall, lightning bolt, healing solve, and how each of those five cards were really meant to represent a framework for those colors, right? And yeah, so just for those of you that are on audio, so you understand, many, I think you guys on what lightning bolt does and dark ritual gives you three black mana healing solve is a is one white gain three life that's like that was what white was supposed to be originally doing and uh obviously it's less powerful than some of the really great ones it's i think famously the least powerful of those three mm -hmm. or of those five i mean but i think white was doing more than just gaining life but that was definitely in that cycle a huge part of the identity was gaining life right i mean it, it, it that's where he kind of he kind of started with the game and, and the other probably the two most iconic cards I think from that era that are white are um, Sarah, Sarah Angel. Angel and Swords of the Plowshare with I guess Savannah Lions is in Alpha yep so I would Wrath of God. Yeah, um, those, are, like those, those are, are kind of the like the key, the key sort of ideas. I think probably the last one you would talk about because it was long before Naturalizes Disenchant was in white. Yeah, and white had the ability where Shatter only was artifacts. White could do both, so it was the idea of order, right? White could get rid of these relics that were preventing mm -hmm. you from winning. And white's white's big piece of the color pie is supposed to be it can answer anything, right? Like there is not a permanent type in magic that white doesn't have a way to deal with now some of it is now become more conditional in modern times or there's some benefit that you get from them getting rid of it but they should be able to answer everything with a hoop that they have to jump through and, and um, i think right if you're looking back at the oldest formats like you know if you're talking about a vintage or a legacy the cards that we're talking about from that old 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 stuff that actually still see play mm -hmm. it's really just one and it's it's just Swords of Plowshares. The only thing that got printed in Alphabet Unlimited that really had a long-lasting effect, you don't see Sarah Angel in those formats. You're not going to see Healing Salve. You see, you see Wrath of God once in a while. That's it like, does I think feel the, like the, Wrath of God's been updated. By Supreme Verdict and, and right. Terminus. Yeah, yeah. it feels feels to me like Wrath of God, even that effect, got outclassed later on by necessarily other colors and other mechanics. The, the pure nature of Swords to Plowshares is the one unadulterated piece of the design that stayed around. But, but it hasn't really stayed around, right? Like, it still sees play, but it's not... The a, it's not the end all be all like because of fatal push existing. Absolutely, uh, there's yeah, yeah. now an, an alternative option that many people go to. Lightning bolt is. I mean, I think Mark Rosewater is famous for saying lightning bolt is a more powerful card than Path to Exile. It's not necessarily more powerful than Swords, but it's probably close. Yep. And Swords is an effect like they Path to Exile was printed in 2009, 2008. That's 11 years ago, 10 years ago. So like that's. So the last time through, yeah. White has gotten an effect close to that power level and has since then, O-Ring is kind of in standard. They get creatures that have that effect. Like it, it, even the ability to spot removal creatures has been more formally moved into black. So I think if, you, if you're going to jump from that original design space that we just talked about, mm -hmm. those iconic four or five cards, to right now, standard magic, last couple years, 
What is White doing right now similar or different? It feels like Angels, they continue. You had Lyra recently printed. That's a good example of them trying to kind of Obviously, Lyra compared to Sarah is a good example of why Sarah's not good anymore. More power creep, right. Yeah. Except that Lyra didn't even really see that much play. I mean, like, if you really look at Standard, I, like, the Hate Bears-esque cards, like, have seen some amount of play. I'm assuming the new fairy, white fairy that turns off... Hushbringer. Hushbringer has seen some play. It hasn't because modern right now, or standard right now, is just like that card's the color green with some blue. <laughs> that card's really good, and I do think that card represents that card represents like the distilled sort of idea of the hate bears philosophy, really onto one mm-hmm. card, right? Like when I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about building decks, I look at that card and I'm like, okay, this does so much incidentally in the same way that. I used to love playing like Torpor Orb main deck and Splinterhood Twin Days. Mm-hmm. I would like try to build decks around a Torpor Orb. That card is doing something sort of similar. Obviously, Thalia is the most famous hate bear of all time at right. this point. That's so clearly the one. So that feels like design space they hadn't given us way back when. That's the way they like the design now. Yeah, it, it definitely. I don't know exactly when really the hate bear kind of process began. I don't I, think it started in pure white. I think if you look at Kozali Pride Mage is a good example like, of I a think card. Meddling Mage to me feels like the first time yeah. we got a real hate bear. Um, but pure white though. Those are both multi-color cards. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, Kozali Pride Mage was in the same era. I guess right after that is when Thalia got printed. It was like two years later. Uh, a little longer than Three that, later. but yeah. There's yeah. a slow building history of hate bears. It started with Glowbringer back during Legions. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, but then there was Gadoctique and Kozali Pride Mage, yeah. and it, it began slow. Right, it started as more of a space of white green and then has gotten more and more white. I mean, uh, you had, this isn't a bear, but you had um, Avon Mind Sensor. Avon Mind Sensor and Future Sight. So that's like, that's like, that's like 07, 0, right? Yeah. You had... Um, there's one other card that I keep like I had it in my head and then other people were talking. So I was taking my turn and then now I forget it. Uh, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think right now, if we're talking about where, what what does white represent now, what does it do the best? No other color has straight up two mana effective creatures. Tithe Taker is a great example of a recent printing that's like this is pushed pretty hard and they tried in red. They'll try it, right? Uh, like white green just got the oof guy that is Stony Silence on a creature. <laughs> it's agreed, but and that's pushing a little bit because it's designed directly into modern. So we're talking about right now standard, like the power level that magic is supposed to represent. It doesn't feel like you can print collector oof into standard. I guess you could. It just feels like they would have if they were gonna do that. Like why wouldn't they have just designed that card for standard if it was powerful enough for standard? Sure. I, I, maybe it's just like too efficient of a thing to stop our I think that card could exist in standard. Like that's a card I could see being printed in a core set. In a core set. Next. That seems more like like, I don't even like I don't know why that couldn't be in standard unless they like had like oh we're gonna do artifacts pretty heavy in the next seven blocks that we're gonna have or seven sets because now every set's different okay but so they like, could just like kick them in the butt a year later if they're just like oh we're gonna do Esper the plane so like white gains life better than green even though green does gain life green does have hate bears white has better and more so white does it best that's the thing white does best right now sure I guess I guess a lot a lot of the complaints online on, on the subject matter is that white biggest issue is that it does everything but every single thing that it does is worse than another color because like it gains life better than every other color kind of like green does it pretty well black does it almost just as well as like both of those colors do it pretty well and so if you really need life game do you need to be in white artifacts and like also 
Yeah, that's just, like classically white. Life gain is bad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, what I would say about life gain is that one's a little bit more negligible because the way white gains life is the like this card gets you this rate of life gain. Mm-hmm. Green actually has done that a little better the last few years. Like Feed the Clan's a better card than most white cards that get printed. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them, you know. Wasn't so there a one mana, one green mana game. You had something ferocious recently? or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so green honestly like has really shown that it does that well. I do think hate bears. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Exile effects. So, like, if we're talking about either in the permanent level, so like the Oblivion Ring or the Path to Exile effect, mm-hmm. Settle the Wreckage is a strong card. I like that card. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't had like a really hot new white wrath in a little while that's purely white. Terminus obviously reinvented that a long time ago. I, but yeah, I mean, the last good white, well, it was probably Settle the Wreckage, right? That was the last time it was a good white wrath card. I mean, Right now, the best Wrath in standard is Kaya's Wrath, I think, with yeah, like maybe card, Time Wipe as this uh, along the edge there. Um, both of them are gold cards. Um, and White has, yeah, as far as board wipes go, it, it, it is still probably the best at board wipes. And in regards to Exile, the one thing I was going to say before we pass that is Red is almost better at Exile now, too. Like, Give they, me some examples of cards that are that are printed recently. The 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 one that I, I don't know what it's called because they're all the same. It's a lightning strike variant that has exile the creature instead of it if it if it would die. Like red has like three different standard effects right now that all if they would kill a creature they get exiled instead of dying. And and yes, it has the hoop that they have to jump through of like doing damage. But white just also has like its best rule spells are this has to be a three converted mana cost or less. Or it, if you like. It has to be attacking, or it right. has to be tapped. Like white, conditional. Yeah, they both have that conditional. What red is just more useful, I think. Yeah, I mean, I like the burn aspect that red offers. I think it's obviously as as if somebody who likes to always have red in every single three color deck, so I can burn my opponent out. I mm-hmm. agree with you. Um, I do think that white. That's that's a par- part of the identity that they've been pretty careful to not lose. I do expect we'll see more in in the vein of the path to exile effects. What was the one recently that had? I can't remember the set. Was it, it was one white sorcery exile? It's like it, it, they get a clue or something like that, and it had overload. I think was that a, was that a Horizons card? That was a Horizons card. So that's like right. They're still printing cards like that. They're giving us cards like that that are interesting. You have cards in commander sets like unexpectedly absent that show up. Um, they mm-hmm. continue to give you like interesting pieces of interaction. I also think the thing that white has better than any other color. So Oblivion Ring effects and also Oblivion Ring or. Uh, Banisher Priest creatures, right? Those are things that white gets that other creatures, other colors don't get. Mm-hmm. Purely white on like a chain, like a birthing pod chain. There isn't. I mean, black gets Necrotal effects, right? Like the Chupacabra. Chupacabra was. I've seen Chupacabra see more play than any single white enters the battlefield XL effect, even ones that are less expensive than on a creature. Chupacabra breaks Chupacabra. the rule because it feels like it's better than almost everything we just talked about. But what's the but what's it's more the, black's color pie, right? Like black having access to creatures that kill creatures when they're play should be a black thing. Like what, what's the monarch? Uh, the four mana two four. I think it's a soldier. You become the monarch and it oblivion rings a creature. Palace jailer. Palace jailer is a sweet card, yeah. and I think they're willing to push the space in white. But I, I see your point, right? Like it, red is a slam dunk. It does burn than every other color. There's no other color that even touches mm-hmm. it. White's best thing in theory should be it has exile spells better than any other color and we're already making arguments that kind of invalidate right. that board wipes like it is the best at board wipes but for the last almost 10 years it has to share that space with another color right they're all gold effects like terminus is probably the last pure white great board wipe that was printed other than maybe damnation as a reprint in sets <laughs> yeah right 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 and like black is not that far behind and in standard has 
often had better board wipes. In modern, Terminus is probably the best board wipe in the format. But after that, it's it's Supreme Verdict, which is a gold card again. So Aaron Scott has a really good suggestion here in the Facebook chat. Mm-hmm. He says he thinks that Flicker is the thing white is best at. There is not another color that offers Flicker in the way that white does. And he enters the battlefield recreation of Flicker effects pushed on single cards recently like ephemerate where like that card is like so efficiently costed mm-hmm. all the way through like while sarah angel's the original and lyra dawnbringer is the most recent pushed mythic angel i'll take restoration angel over either of those 10 times out of 10 i'll take restoration angel over most cards I yeah because <laughs> restoration angel's nuts it's it's really good even we just saw felidar guardian get banned in pioneer because mm-hmm. exactly what he's talking about it does it uniquely and better i always talk about this when you can isolate cards that do super unique things that almost no other card Magic's ever done, there's almost no other card that does what Felidar Guardian does, right? It's like enter the battlefield, it's an instant flicker, it's efficiently costed. Well, it, it's the fact that it flickers Planeswalkers, right? Because like, it's permanent, that's yeah, why it's yeah, so yeah. unique. And right. so I think it's a strong point. I would actually, I think the last piece of the conversation that we need to talk about in terms of what it does best, sideboard hate. Does White offer the clearly best sideboard hate in all of Magic? Yes. How does it affect graveyards? Rest in peace. Rest in peace. That's the best one. Except, like, rest in peace is comparable to Leyline of the Void or any artifact graveyard. Nile Spellbomb. Right? Spell I mean, yeah. the uh, uh, Relic of Progenitus. Yeah. Um, even like, even like Tormod script, script. If you want a zero cost one. Yeah. So I mean, Which but you I do now. <laughs> but I would still say, I would still say that I rest in peace is like my. It's your, it's your like. I can draw this in my opening hand after I've mold the six. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm still happy to see it. It nukes my opponent. I don't have to have it necessarily in the opening hand every time, like Leyline. And, and I think one of the complaints people have for White though is that so many of the things that White is good at are reactive in the sense that like, well, strong point. I don't. I can't build a commander. I can build a commander deck around like hate bears and sideboard cards, but kind of like half the cards are going to be dead half the time. And like, am I really doing anything but making the people around me miserable instead of being proactive? And White's proactiveness has classically been around the idea of like, we have a bunch of small creatures. And like, this is when people were complaining about Stoneforge Mystic being unbanned, which Stoneforge Mystic is equipment is another effect that we can talk towards. But, um, there are no small creature decks in modern. <laughs> the closest I can think of are elves, which doesn't need to attack you and laughs at Stoneforge Mystic and uh, um, Merfolk, which like they're unblockable if you're playing Stoneforge Mystic because Stoneforge Mystic loves islands. <laughs> um, all right, so interacting with graveyards, you get rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, we just mentioned Stony Silence. Now, oof, kind of <laughs> that's brutal because like as 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 like the superior burning Coco player here, if I had had Collector Oof three years ago mm-hmm. that deck would have been stone cold nuts because i was i was fauna shamaning but i couldn't get stony silence well that's and that's kind of the other thing is because green's so good at tutoring for creatures like being on a creature is yeah. so much more yeah. relevant and and also puts green in a better position to be better at creatures right like white has all these sideboard cards but then can't find them and so you have to play a bunch of rest in pieces in your sideboard that once you draw the first one the second one's only good if they have a removal spell for it um when was tefiri's protection printed originally it was like four Commander years ago three years ago 15 i would argue that in the last five years it's the best pure white card printed that card's insane. It, obviously, you can only play it in Commander and, like, Eternal formats. Sure. But, like, you know, we talk about Highlander from time to time, and I recently went through all the decks to figure out, like, cards that I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. And I read the card, and I was like, if every single player in this format is not playing this card and they're 600, they're insane. This card is it's a white counterspell, but it's better. Mm-hmm. I phased out my Isochron Scepter and Orum's was- Chant in response, and it came back with the thing on it because phasing's so dumb. <laughs> I was, like, so was happy. 2017. 2017. Got it. 
<laughs> yeah. So okay, let's let's talk about that for a second. Why is that card so good? What about white does that card employ? Protection. Well, that's protection. Strong... I mean, I, I think that white that is a good effect. Now, uh, before we get into that, I do want to mention that I think that um, what's the white path to exile for all attacking creatures that we settle a wreckage. So I think settle a wreckage is up there. Like those are the, probably the two best white cards printed. I want to read Teferi's protection because it's such a weird card and but we never talk about it. I think it leans into that blinking effect, right? Like it to it giving white the ability to kind of like protect its stuff is and and also blink stuff and like it's a different way of doing it because where blinking resets stuff this allows you to like hold on to it but bring it back yeah i think protection uh somebody mentioned in the chat which is what made me think of it one white two colorless instant until your next turn your life total can't change and you have protection from everything all permanents you control phase out Exile the fairy's protection. Um, specifically, it says while they're phased out, they treat it as though they don't exist. The fa- they phase in before before untap step during your next untap step. Phasing is a very weird ability. And the reason I mentioned the Orm's Chant thing, you exile a card onto Isochron Scepter when you cast it. If you phase out your Isochron Scepter, it's not the same as like returning it to your hand or exiling the Scepter. Mm-hmm. It's phased out. It comes back still imprinted, which is so bizarre and unique in corner case in mm-hmm. Magic. But just the idea that this color can employ protection phasing out its an instant, it's like a white counterspell in a lot of ways. It does feel like that's a good representation of what they want white to feel like in terms the, of its power level. The, the biggest problem with the card as like design space goes yeah. is phasing is just never going to come back in a standard. <laughs> it's like it's like hilarious that it's even on a card. I'm like, I can't even believe I'm playing a card with phasing on it. And it's kind of the reason why, right? Like, oh, this works with the rules wrong. <laughs> something saying before you're on tap step i remember eric was like nothing happens before you're on tap step i was like it's printed on the card man it says it that's what phasing is uh yeah it's like it's 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 obviously very powerful and the, the, the way it does it is very powerful it's just also an effect that like will never be yeah, right, right, right. like yeah. you, we'll maybe get like at best i can see in another commander set them printing like a single like one white phase of thing yeah right. right or something along those lines that might even exist it's actually one blue target permanent or creature phases out and it says it's part of a charm i think it's see, like blue's better at phasing talking about white and, and exactly the things that it does in the sideboard game so we talked about artifacts we talked about removing graveyards Gaining life as a sideboard option, yeah, it's fine. I mean, oh, we yeah. talked about it a little bit. I think or actually, I think giving or... you hexproof, I and mean, that kind of goes along with the fairy. The leyline of sanctity is like the other big white thing, and for a while that was really important. You know, being able to fight it was the best thing against Nazis that was out there. Yes, the thing against Liliana the Veil. Yeah, so so I think those are kind of those are the things that white does. I think we can all agree like that's kind of where white is right now. Those are the best things. We already have sort of talked about modern and pioneer just by the virtue of what we just talked about. So I guess the next question becomes the one we're gonna answer from the chat. What do we think would improve white? I mean so, what 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 does white not do? Or or actually the even the other part of the question. Things that white does partly now that it's not the best at that we think should be leaned into absolutely in or, the near future. Or things that it used to do that we want to bring back. The first one I want to start with, and, and a lot of people talk about one of the things that white's bad at is card advantage, right? There's It's the one color that doesn't really get card draw. They've started doing a little bit more with effects where like when a creature enters play, you can pay mana the draw or other effects. But um, I, the, the effect from white's history that I would really like to see come back is uh, land tax effects. And and more, I think that just the ability to search your deck for lands and put it into hand should be more of a firm part of white's color pie. It already even is, like there's the hybrid white-green card from the 
that uh, the flower and flourish that lets you use one white hybrid to go get a, a basic land to put it into your hand or a plains and forest, I think is what it is. Historically, land tutoring is something that white has also been able to do with Knight of the Reliquary as part of a white green card. But what's the one white um, guy with your weathered opponent? Wither, uh, weathered Wayfair yep. is another option um, where that's. You know, it's it's been a part of White's Color Pie. Land tax is the most famous one. And like you can even still have the rider of your opponent has to have more lands than you. I think that's fine. Um, but I think that's an effect I would love to see a lot more of in White. It's like a way to get card advantage, a way to tutor for something different than other people are doing. Um, and in a world where green is too powerful, and I think the last thing we'll talk about today is the uh, summer avail or veil of summer banning in yeah. Pioneer. Green needs less. <laughs> why? So why do you? Okay, so like talking about just quickly on that subject, if the most iconic green land tutors we have are like Sylvan's Crying is pretty iconic. You have the Delirium spell, Traverse the Open Wall. I've seen a lot of play. That's a good land tutor. You obviously have Scape Shift, Primeval Titan. Um, those effects. Some of those are four mana, six mana. Some are one and two. You don't want to see any more one and two mana green ones printed. You like to shift towards white where white gets the tutor for lands? Uh, I don't even necessarily need to take this totally from green. First, I don't think white should ever put lands into play uh, uh, for spells. I think green should be the only color. And I think, to be totally honest, artifacts shouldn't even be able to do this to an extent. Green should be the only color that can take lands and put them into play. Like, remember uh, Battle for Zendikar? And yeah. even early days of magic, green was the worst color. And one of the reasons green was the worst color is the thing that it does best is ramp on board. And when you allow other things, specifically colorless, to do it as well or better than green, green loses a lot of power level. Battle for Zendikar example, it had all the scions, so everyone was able to ramp. And color fixing wasn't necessary because it was such a colorless focus set. Right. And then in early days of magic, the Moxton existed <laughs> and Black Lotus existed. Sure. So like... And they were printing signets regularly and that kind of effect. And when those are very available, green loses a lot of its strengths. Potency, sure. Um, but what green doesn't need, I don't think, is like the ability to find specific lands, right? You can flavor this around white, kind of expanding the territory of the city or, or developing land, right? Where white is about cities and community and being able to say, oh, I'm able to find for specific tutor targets with white that are lands. Not that green can't, because I think green should still be able to do that, but white being able to do it more as well gives it more versatility and other options. I think I agree with you. I like the idea that green ramps on board. I think that that is a strong thing green gets to do. I do like the idea that white would have the ability. Weather Wayfair is a pet card of mine. I've always loved mm -hmm. that card. Well, and 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 with land tax, the other one is filling its hand up, right? Right. Like let it figure out how to discard. Like that should be more in black's thing. Even that well, way, it has even loan does that better than white at this point. Really, like it, it's it's like well, but I mean, green is better at that right now for sure, right? But I'm saying white could do that in a way like i don't think white does this now it has it barely an old style magic had it but yeah i mean i agree that loam okay so other things that white doesn't do as well as it could uh, i want to talk about you know the two colors classically that resurrect creatures are black and white um now black is really really good at cards like claim fame or unearth it's really good at converted mana cost two or less convert like three or less it's often printed onto creatures there was is is the awakener and cards like that mm -hmm. you know the liliana the flip liliana reference so I like that, you know, Black's efficiency, and that's in reference to things like zombies and vampires that are cheap that it wants to get back. Whereas White, you know, I mean, if you have, in the old days, Resurrection is the original, original four-mana resurrected creature spell. But then Reanimate costs one. So it's like, it doesn't, White doesn't get to do it in the way that you want it to, you know? like So, so I do think, actually, 
And I've been I've been a big proponent of white becoming the primary reanimation color. I think it bringing things back to life is something that makes sense. Where black would be slightly worse at bringing things perfectly back to life, but coming with zombified creatures or using graveyards to create tokens of those creatures, or even just the uh, grave digger effects. I think is where black could be the strongest. Um, but I do think white right now might like and I like got in this long conversation on Twitter and then like did research and like realized white actually might be primary in, in reanimation right now. It's just it's primary reanimation the same way that red is primary in board white. Right. Like red gets more board white spells printed in its color pie than white does because white gets like a rare every standard season. Red gets a three mana do two damage to there's every always, creature every set. There's always <laughs> some range of like pyroclasm through right. anger of the gods in some regard and it's in, it has some rider like it's flying or non-flying you control you don't control non-artifact whatever. It's worse than Wrath of God generally but it is more common and, 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 and more often and white gets a lot of uh, X white white reanimate all creatures of a converted man cost X or less or reanimate a three or you know the sun titan effect there's even a hybrid black white version of that card of unearth in standard right now I think um, the problem with it is though so we're black like I use the example of reanimate obviously one black return target creature card from a graveyard to the battlefield you lose life equal to that creature's converted mana cost you know black has the greed effect right you get an effect you pay life that's mm -hmm. always like draw cards get a creature back how does white, if, if the cost of resurrection, you know, because there's a zombify, there's tons of four mana resurrection spells that are uncommons over the years. How does white take the idea of resurrection and make it fair in terms of targeted resurrection? Because the group resurrection thing is I'm less excited about. I think I think it should just be resurrection. I, what, Black hasn't gotten a resurrection effect at that cost in standard for since I started replaying Magic. It has like Rise of the Grave type effect where you five sacrifice mana. a creature and you get something back, right? Yeah, yeah. You have, you have some of those stuff effect where you sacrifice something. You have some in that world, but for the most part, the basic reanimate a creature effect is five black and then four white is allowed where like, I think the last good one of these was in Frights, right? Where you had Unburial Rights. And Unburial Rights is a card that for five mana in black, you can get it, but for four mana in white, from the graveyard, you can reanimate something. So I think that just Resurrection being the white reanimate spell that's put into a core set again, or put into some standard set that it makes sense, luckily it's pretty flavorless in the sense that it can fit. It's not like Resurrection of Dominaria. But, but <laughs> so here's, the, here's, anywhere. here's the question. One black, three colorless sorcery. As an additional cost, does cast the spell, sacrifice a creature, return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, then return another creature card from your graveyard to your hand. That's blood to bones. That's an M20 right now. You would have to make resurrection cost three, hard three, to have any chance of being anywhere as good as this card, because there's so many synergies with sacrificing creatures to get things back, that this is just way better well, than but resurrection. I, I don't know if I agree with that, because I've tried playing with this in now standard and brawl, and the issue there is always, if you have nothing in play, it's bad. Right, that's always part part. Like that's why. Uh, what's the one black sacrifice the thing destroy a creature? Bone splinters. Bone splinters has always been like kind of unplayable because when you need it, it's bad. <laughs> I mean, I and and where if we just had pure resurrection, now there's a different issue in standard as well, where just there's not that many good things to reanimate. But um, I think the best thing is that dragon that just destroys everything. Um, I just don't think white, white to resurrect a creature is a good enough card. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make white feel like it's the primary version of that effect because, like, 
if you're talking about any format, there's going to be the ability to play two colors. And if you're constructing a deck and you can play two colors, mm -hmm. Blood to Bones is going to be the better card in two colors than Resurrection's ever going to be at sure. white, white, right? So I don't think we can lean into that idea. They'd have to push the effect. What's what's the, not Animate Dead, because I think that's just a little too good, but what's the Necromancy? I think giving white Necromancy actually is probably what we're talking about. Like, because it interacts with Exile. Right. You yeah. can get rid of it. It loses the thing. It's an enchantment, so it leans into white's love of enchantmenty things to do stuff it can have instant speed so you have a little bit of a cool flickery-esque effect to it if you want it to it's an old weird card from visions i'm gonna read it just because i think a lot of people probably don't know what it does it's got a lot of weird text but i'm gonna try it's black two enchantment it's an uncommon you may cast necromancy as though it had flash if you cast it anytime a sorcery couldn't have been cast the controller of the permanent because it becomes sacrifices it at the beginning of the next creature step Cleanup step. I'm not going to stop reading this. This is so confusing and weird. You may cast Necromancy as though it had flesh. If you cast it at any time a sorcery couldn't have been cast, the control of the permanent becomes sacrifices it at the beginning of the next cleanup step. When Necromancy enters the battlefield, if it's an if it's on the battlefield, it becomes an aura with enchant creature put onto the battlefield with necromancy. Put target creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control and attach necromancy to it. When necromancy leaves the battlefield, that creature controller sacrifices it. It's a lot of text, but I think this is something that could be cleaned up with modern day templating. Explain, explain what that actually reads so people that were listening are, it, don't it, crash their cards. The reason the reason the wording is complicated is because it's an, an enchantment that it comes into play and then has to be worded in a weird way to be able to become an aura enchantment to attach to a reanimated creature right. which is like animate dead also has like a brick of text but like from a gameplay perspective it's very simple you play this you reanimate a creature if they get rid of this that creature dies and if they get rid of this and exiled right yeah. it, it dies it gets exiled and then if they they can cast it at instant speed to be able to do it as like a one turn effect it then goes away at the end the of simpler, you get the simpler version of this is to not give it flash and just bring something back and also just let it sit on the battlefield as an enchantment they did that with diabolic servitude then they added some additional text to make diabolic servitude more complicated too but it's possible to just remove all of that and just make necromancy without the instant speed stuff and do exactly what so it's, it's basically what we're saying is that this is a card that enters the battlefield it sits and as long as it's in play the creatures are alive if you play it at instant speed it's corpse dance otherwise that's how the card works yeah yeah so that makes sense and that could be a white effect i agree so i think resurrection would be an interesting design space for white to play with I also think Corpse Dance as a space that White can play with is kind of in its... It's not that good. <laughs> That's, yeah. It's a different issue, but like just two mana, reanimate a creature, and then at the end of turn you have to sacrifice it seems like a fine white effect. I mean, I think you'd exile it, make it... I think the fact that you play with exile when these things leave the pl leaves play also sounds more white than It also than feels black. like... It also feels like we're... So we're going back to Theros. It feels like having an enchantment that entered the battlefield that returns a creature and then the thing exiles that leaves the enchantment on the battlefield because it's like resurrection gods and it's an enchantment set would be a perfect place to print that. Like an enchantment that stays on the battlefield where you want to reuse them with stuff like constellation yeah. uh, effects that reference that. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like the Oblivion Ring template also helps here, where it's like People you could also just it. it could also just be an enchantment that enters play when it enters play, exile card in the graveyard and put it into play. Yeah. At the end of turn or then or whatever, you timing it, whatever makes sense and makes it fair. So we've got about 10, 15 minutes left on the episode, and I want to make sure we cover the last bits of it. So we are going to talk about the Pioneer Banning in just a second. Yep. I think the last pieces of the white conversation, if, if we're asking what white could do better, because the one thing we didn't really mention at all is token making. It is really like white space. Like it's the most efficient token making mm -hmm. creature, right? There's no argument there. 
Green's not much farther behind, but sure, yes. White gets the most, like, I mean, again, the buyback spell yeah. from, from, from Horizons that makes a 1-1, one, one, or or obviously the, the standard powerhouse from just a few years ago, the instant speed X1, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are those are things that White gets. Green doesn't get just make X tokens for one, does it? No, it gets make a, a token that is an XX is for, a big token. for one, right? Yeah. right? And even and then you look at like the Planeswalkers, because that's the one thing we didn't mention is all the good cards that are white, but that are white and something. Like the fairy is insane, right? Sure. Like the Teferis are great, but those are white blue. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the reasons they're insane is because, yeah, I mean, like white and blue together are classically very powerful. And the reason that is because white can answer everything and blue can draw to what you need or can find the things you need to be able to answer them. In white, so the original Planeswalker was a Johnny in mm-hmm. the first set, and a Johnny Planeswalkers classically are just okay. They're mm-hmm. not people's favorites. Um, so really, Gideon became the good white Planeswalker. He mm-hmm. was the first like really epic plain white. Plain. Actually, that's not even true. Elspeth was the first really yeah, epic yeah, yeah. one. Elspeth and Gideon. Elspeth followed by Gideon, and both of those are like still probably in my top now no longer ten because we live in the world of the last year, but. In my top 20 of all time, probably, of like five minute Gideon, I would still even not even discount someone playing that in, in modern. Because the fact that it kind of at worst fogs your opponent means that the normal drawback of I played a five drop and I lose now. <laughs> I'll bet you else with Knight Aaron, it's like the 12th best planeswalker ever or something. Maybe it could even be a little higher, but it's like it's still really good. The rate's great. The pluses are great. It's, Eventually we'll do that episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like, so I, I think, you know, if the because the piece of design space that didn't exist when magic was created mm-hmm. were planeswalkers. Like, so it's very representative now when you see the way they design planeswalkers. They need to feel like their color as much as anything. Mm-hmm. So a plain white planeswalker, what's the most recent, like, Epically good, plain white planeswalker. Was it the last Gideon, the Battle for Zendikar four drop? Uh, three, three mana Gideon from Amaket was so probably it was pretty the good. Closest, it was good. It was if, or it's that one. it's one of those two Gideons. Yeah, and that's basically it. Like we didn't get we didn't get like anything from War of the Spark. Uh, there's one effect that we didn't talk about that I wanted to make what sure we talk about because there's three main ones. Uh, it's it's mana leak. I think mana leak oh. should be white, uh, and it could be mana tithe or yeah. yeah. Manatide Manatide is the uh, one white color shifted version of Force Spike. So it's instant speed, one white counter target spell unless it's controller phase one. I've won many a game off of Mm Manatide. I love that card. Um, I would be fine with that. I mean, do you want Quench? Do you want Quench in white? Is that, would that make you feel? Yeah, it would make me feel good. You (laughs) you almost feel like Quench shouldn't have been printed in blue. It should just be white because it's like a reduced power. It's not as good as blue does it, but it's like effective. Right. And, and. And part of the reason is, it, from a flavor perspective, it's a tax, right? That's what mana tithe is. It's, it's you have to pay a little bit more mana to do this thing. And the other thing is, right now, black and blue are really the only things that can stop something before it comes down. And in a world with Planeswalkers being as powerful as they are, mm. you kind of need a way with like to answer them. One of the reasons I think white has gotten so bad is it is good at answering Planeswalkers instead it has O-ring effects generally. But... By the time you play O-Ring, they've gotten an effect off of that Planeswalker. And now with three and two mana Planeswalkers, they're way ahead of the game. In the past, when they were four or five, those were the powerful Planeswalkers. Then at least you had an up on mana, right? Now it's just I'm at parity on mana and you got a bonus. And if you get rid of this, you get double the bonus. So like, what am I really gaining off of this enchantment versus... A mana leak effect allows you to stop things before they enter play. And with the push towards planeswalkers and creatures being so powerful, I think more than just blue and black need to be able to do that. Well, because classically a planeswalker is printed with a minus and the minus is supposed to basically be the 25% worse version of the sorcery spell that already exists. So like if it's, if it's going to be explore, you can cast as a minus off of cure. I like, 
and you exile that thing after they cast it, they're still up that card. They mm -hmm. still have an explorer. You have an oblivion ring and they have a dead planeswalker, but they got a spell. Mm -hmm. And so you're just always going to be behind on tempo if that's the case. And the way planeswalkers are built is that you ha they always have an opportunity to activate it once, right? No matter what happens, no matter how you react to it, if it lands into play, they get an activation. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's an interesting space to play with. I mean, okay, so when you talk about green versus white, right? Putting lands into play versus mm -hmm. searching for lands. I do think, so white's tax gets to be on the back of creatures. It gets a card as powerful as Tithe Taker at two mana, while blue gets Quench. Now, I don't think Quench is a very good card. I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. But if white's getting Tithe Taker and it's getting Quench, it actually starts to feel like white's pushed a little too much. I already hate playing against Thalia. I already hate playing against effects like that. Mm -hmm. Now, if white has the ability to do it with creatures and spells, it's like, you tell me you can just play like basically mono mono white merfolk is mm -hmm. what it feels like I'm playing against. I would hate that. I would absolutely despise that. So one one point people have made is, is, is along those lines. It's like, A, counter magic isn't fun. Fine. We can disagree on that. But <laughs> the fact that white does get folly effects is kind of what it's doing there. There's two issues there and, and, and one answer kind of, uh, or one issue, one answer. The, the issue I have is that by having it on things that have to be in play, it puts the onus it gives the benefit to the opponent to being able to solve the problem before they cast a spell and so now you're down a card and they have more information um making it worse um not that thalia is bad i think thalia is in competition now with stoneforge mystic to being the best white two drop ever printed <laughs> um, uh seeing that stoneforge mystic has done something and thalia is still good in modern um but so the, the other the other feature to that or, or kind of when this was brought up online uh, one of the things that kind of the group that was discussing it came to was almost like an instant speed um, pithing needle or an instant speed um, like pseudo silence slash enchantment that like can target a planeswalker that's entering play or like whenever the next planeswalker comes to play this attaches you know something to create a more proactive way to answer effects that are on the stack. I like the idea of like a white one white artifact that has flash that's just the words of pithing needle like i think that would be a that's cool uh, effect um because it's like yeah because it's restrictive it's attacks it brings order it's like those are all the things that white does it puts it in play like i i i guess i understand the need for like white's drawback may just have to be whatever it does has to be in play so if you have enchantment removal or artifact removal you can get rid of it and that's fine i, I don't mind the idea that white would have unless you pay one built into other things, like a flash creature that says when it enters the battlefield, manatize, right? Like if you, if you print hate bear that card tomorrow, that is a flash to one and it's in white and mm -hmm. it's a soldier and it's counter target spell, unless they pay one when it enters, I'm fine with that card. Sure. Right. But I, that's about as far as I want that effect push. And I don't really want it to be on instant speed spells. Like I don't want to be able to snap cast or my quench. Like that seems in white. I mean, sorry, that seems like a little too much. Let's talk veil of, veil of summer. I think I, I want to talk about Pioneer. Every week now, we're getting an update as far as what's getting banned, just like they promised. They're they're making sure the format stays mm -hmm. you know, up to speed. It won't be this way forever, but for a little while, we're going to have cards banned every week. So there's two parts of the conversation I have, but the first one is more for Pioneer. What are your thoughts on the fact that, like, and we're going to find out Monday when they have the regular standing standard banning, but Veil of Summer being banned in, in Pioneer while it's, like, legal in standard when it was so much more of a problem this last weekend at the MC... Like you, I mean, you saw the results, right? Like yeah, of I, the top, there like top eight. There was there was a ton of them. Like sixteen copies of Oko, Vale of Summer, Once Upon a Time. I think it was fifteen copies of Nissa and fifteen copies of um, right, right. So so green uh, is green is yeah green is nuts. Uh, I do think it's hilarious that Vale of Summer is a seven dollar uncommon that's in standard right now. That's mm -hmm. like 
That's Fatal Push levels of money in, in Standard, and it's a reactive green card. I think this is better than Fatal Push was in any format that Fatal Push... Maybe not Modern, because Fatal Push, like, turned Modern on, on its head in its power level. But let's, like, let's read Veil of Summer so people know, because I think people you know people have experience with cards like Veil of Autumn over the years. They might not be super aware of this card. Um, it was a big standout uncommon from M20. It's one green for an instant draw card. If an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn, spells you control can't be countered this turn. You and permanents you control gain hexproof from blue and from black until end of turn. Um, you guys know what hexproof does. So it, it's in the same vein as those other cards, but they've pushed it significantly. Um, it does a lot of things all at once right so drawing a card and invalidating a spell it's like kind of like a one mana green counter spell that says draw a card all those crappy one mana blue like counter spells that draw a card over the years like disrupt ones that you've really wanted to play but are never quite as good as you want it to be Mm. this is exactly that except it's in green which is awesome awesome is not the word i would use to describe (laughs) what veil of summer has done but (laughs) i mean one of the issues veil of summer has created is that there's just so many powerful green things that are in play and it makes it so that there's no way to stop those things. You can't counter or discard an Oko. So Oko just gets to like hang out and be the giant problem that he is. Um, and Veil of Summer makes it so there's not anything you can do about it other than just playing your own Okos. What would you have banned instead? Nothing. I would have banned Oko and Once Upon a Time as well. Right. So Oko is the obvious one that I feel like people are talking about. But they're, they're still giving a little time on. Yeah, I think those three cards are all problematic. I don't know what I... Do you think that the non-banning of Oko right now is just the fact that it's like this standard mythic rare planeswalker that's the phase that's on packs? People are excited about it. They don't want to ban it yet? Oh, I I think we have to have this conversation next week because the banning announcement's on Monday, right? Where we have a week out before we know why they were, what they do or don't ban. Right now, I think the reason they didn't ban Oko last time when was that they just didn't, like, they were like, oh, it was one MCU, we want to see how people react to it, is there actually no answers to this card, blah, 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 and then the answer to everyone trying to answer it was once upon, or not once upon a time, was um, Veil of Summer. Summer. So, like, I think it's more, let's see what they do, because on Monday, if they don't ban Oko, yes, it's because he's the face of the set, he's the cool new Planeswalker, they don't want that's a bigger PR hit than banning Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I think Once Upon a Time, Oko, Nissa, and what's the other? I like, keep forgetting the fourth green card. That's, oh, uh, uh, Goose are all like, Goose. Yeah, yeah. are all like, have big targets on their heads. And which one of those goes away is going to tell us a lot. And in historic problematic standards, they ban all of them. Like in Affinity, they banned. 10 cards or some you know yeah it was crazy was like eight but you know they banned a ton of, ton of cards in when cobblade was a thing they banned two cards but one of those cards was a tutor for five cards <laughs> uh when they banned out of what was the other big banning history oh, urza saga urza's saga there was five six cards that they banned so like there's an argument that they could or should ban more than just one or two cards but i can also see them just banning oko or just banning veil of summer or just banning I think if I were if I was Wizards, I'd ban Oko, Veil, Summer, and Once Upon a Time. You would do all. I just I, think I, all three. I wouldn't get rid of Goose, and I wouldn't get rid of um, Nissa. I think both of those cards are very good, but they're not the reason this is problematic. I think I like Goose existing without Oko. Goose becomes just way more of just like a great card that exists yeah. that you don't need to ban. Um, I don't even necessarily think that Once Upon a Time has to be banned. I could see it. Oko just is like. Based on rate in its type mm-hmm. and like how innocuous that card seemed when it was printed versus like the way people talk about it now, that's the one to me that just feels like this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. The, the, the loyalty on this is so high, 
you have to get rid of this. This yeah, needed to have a lower loyalty. To, should, should have come in at three. Yeah. It's just, that's the problem with the car. I mean, that's why I missed it. That's why we had the conversation when I got back from my surgery where I was like, you're telling me this card is really the best planeswalker of all time. I was, my jaw was on the ground. I could not, <laughs> I like had not paid enough attention to realize the sheer power level and the difference in loyalty. So that, that would be my answer. We are out of time for the day. Uh, some important shout out. So we're now doing uh, once a once a week or twice a week or whenever we get content based on the the, the live stream um, releases of little mini sods. They're called MMCast hot, hot Takes. MMCast Hot <laughs> Takes. So last week or this week, it came out on Monday, um, was a, a hot take on just like the top five cantrips of all time. Once Upon a Time was the onus of that conversation. I believe this week it's going to be uh, or next week or at some point of the next seven days, there'll be a can lightning bolt be printed into Pioneer? And then, I, I would be surprised if White Counter Magic makes it as a, as a hot take this week. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, make sure to share the live streams. Live streams are now happening around noon uh, every Tuesday. So we're moving it up in the day. Um, no, I think it's a little bit closer to one, I think. Well, we, yeah, sorry. One, one. Um, one o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Tuesdays. We're going to be shooting to try to make that as consistent as possible every week. We have... Didn't realize we were double booked this week, so we had to move it up just a little bit. But in general, that is going to be the plan is to be here doing that. We are continuing to expand the content. You see the overlay. You see the thumbnails. Thanks to everybody who supported us to get there. Mm -hmm. We're super hyped about the future. Um, And make sure both the MMCast is a Twitch channel. Uh, I have a Twitch channel at Kesco um, or slash Kesco. It's not an at ruining my life at Kess Wiley on everything else you're at Ben Baton Media we're yep. at the MMCast Ruben where can everyone find you everyone can find me everywhere at M-O-X-R-E-U-B-Y perfect and if you guys want to support anything we're doing beyond that super chat thank you guys so much for those go to patreon.com slash the MMCast and, and the last piece is there is actually helping us get better there is a I'm going to say survey. trivia survey uh, it's in the description of the episode it's on Twitter it's on everywhere that you can find this episode or us uh, if you could help fill out the survey it's really helpful we get a bunch of information on how we can do better stuff you would want to see more of um, and that would be great when you see Alex tweet about surgery it's not about me it's actually just the autocorrect on survey by one letter turns it into surgery every time which is real frustrating autocorrect is literally my best friend and my worst enemy at all times because I tried turning it off once and then everything was misspelled I was like Alex Alex has really put my health on blast over and over again this is crazy anyway guys thanks for watching thanks for listening we'll see you next time Ruben thanks for hanging out Yep. bye everyone Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.